you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. Okay, I have a question for you. It borders on the irreverent, but it came to me while I was preparing for this homily, reading this gospel. If you came back from the dead and your family and friends knew you were dead, absolutely, without a doubt, and you were coming back to them, how would you greet them? Personally, I would say, boo, look who's here. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus gave, gave them a shalom, peace. And of course, then he went into depth as to what he was there all about doing. He was fulfilling the prophecies. And we have Peter in the first reading. Now, this reading from Acts of the Apostles is one of many speeches in the Acts of the Apostles. Speeches that give us what we call the kerygma, the, 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 the thrust and, and the, the whole, this whole message of Jesus. That he came from God, that he did God's work on earth, and then it was crucified. Now, Peter, as he's preaching this, reminds them who crucified him. And he's telling the people that he's preaching this to, and this is on the day of Pentecost that he's preaching, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, as Luke's version has us. They were in the upper room, they were all together, and the Holy Spirit came upon them. That's a different version than the Holy Spirit being received by the apostles in John, as you heard a few seconds ago. So as he's preaching this, he sort of blames them. He says, you know, uh, Pilate was going to release this Jesus. The author of life was condemned to death. The irony is so beautiful. And you had the opportunity to let him go. But you chose a murderer, and traditionally that murderer's name is Barabbas, over Jesus, over the author of life. And Again, how would you say it? Peter says, God raised him from the dead. You acted out of ignorance, and, you, and so did your, your leaders act out of ignorance, and you need to reconcile with God. Personally, if I wasn't in such a religious atmosphere at the moment, I would have said, guys, girls, you are in big trouble. That's what he's saying, basically. You're in big trouble. You had him right here. You, you, you know what he did. He cured, he healed, he multiplied bread and fish. And, and you had the opportunity to, to stand up for him, and you let him go. You see, 
I guess it's my Italian background. Uh, I can give guilt as good as the next guy. And Peter's not giving guilt here. Peter's just pointing out that they were guilty. But I would have done, I mean, thank God the scriptures aren't about me. I would have done it differently. I would have gotten to the heart of it and said, oh, you guys are really in trouble now. And the only way you can reconcile yourselves with God is to repent and be converted so all of your sins could be wiped away. A great way, a great way to send the message to us. Now, is that an exact quote? We, we weren't there. Luke heard that. Luke is the author of Acts of the Apostles. Luke heard that in the oral tradition, eventually, when he wrote the Acts of the Apostles, which he wrote after the Gospel of Luke. This is how he remembers it. This is how it was given to him. A very prestigious way, very spiritual way, talking about sin and reconciliation and how to reconcile ourselves back with God. But his method lasts. It lasts to today. It lasts till Christ returns in glory. His message is every one of us has to do our part because he didn't die for a few people in Jerusalem. He died for all people at all times. And he's what is called by John an expiation for our sins. He gave his life for us. Now, you and I are used to people giving their lives. We, we use the, the word hero now randomly to healthcare workers, police, soldiers, men and women who defend the country. And some of them have given their lives for freedom, for justice, for various causes. And Jesus gives his life as an expiation, as a cleansing for all of us to return to him, as a way of all of us to getting back to him. What promise, what hope. When he appears in the upper room again to the apostles, now you know uh, the first time was was Easter night, and then another week when Thomas wasn't there, Thomas was there, and then this section. Now this section takes place after two apostles had gone to Emmaus, and they met this man along the road, and the man said to them, what are you guys talking about? when you're walking. I shouldn't say what you guys, because we don't know if the two disciples were men, women, or man and woman. So uh, the tradition is that they were husband and wife, maybe Cleopas, the cousins of Jesus. Tradition. So the third character who approaches them said, what are you talking about? And they said, well, you must be the only person in all of Jerusalem who, who doesn't know what's going on these last few days. And the the guest says, what things? And they told me, you know, about Jesus. He, he, we thought he was God. We thought he was the Messiah. We thought he was going to lead us to, to a new life. And the Romans killed him, nailed him to the cross, and buried him. And some of our number, some women who were at the tomb say they saw him and he's, he's back from the dead. But we're leaving. You know, we're on our way. So it's getting dark. And there, there's an inn. 
and they're going into the inn, and they said to the character walking with them, you want to join us for supper? We would do that. If we made friends with someone, and it was long distance to go, and there's an inn, why not? There's a Dunkin' Donuts across the street. Come on in for a bite. Let's, let's have something together. And that man does something very strange. He explains things to them. Another version of the Holy Spirit opening the minds of the apostles. He explains how this Jesus had to do what he did. He was the Messiah sent from God. He was the God of Jacob and Abraham and Isaac. He, he was the God that all of the Jewish nation has been looking forward to, to, to coming to, to, to re be received by, to, to, to be welcomed. He, that was him. And they understand, but, you know, they didn't quite, didn't quite click. As you and I, we hear the resurrection, we say, oh, Jesus rose from the dead. But you ask how earth-shattering that is? Earth-shattering message that is? That he rose from the dead? No one else has ever risen from the dead. So he goes in and he joins them at the meal. And he does something that's very significant for us gathered now. He breaks the bread. And in breaking the bread, their eyes are opened. They recall what he did at the Last Supper. They recalled who he is. And when they were startled with that, he disappears. And they run back to the apostles and they say, wait until you hear what happened to us. And they recounted what happened to them on their way to Emmaus. That eating is very significant. That eating with Jesus still goes on today. When we come to church, that eating is here. That eating on the night before he died gave us the bread of life. So that eating is our participation in the life of Jesus. And eating is very important in our social and family settings. It's very important here in church. And I recall my brother who went in to see my mother. She was dying. And we could go in one at a time. And Michael went in first, spent some time with her, and came out with a smile on his face. My mother was dying, but okay, something happened in there. I said, Michael, what, what, what's the smile for? He says, you know, Mommy, she's dying. But you know what she asked me? Did you eat yet? And indeed, right after that, she passed into eternal life. Did you eat yet? What mother doesn't ask her child, did you eat yet? What mother is not torn when she sees her children, and this happens in certain parts of the world, starving? What mother here, in our own society, isn't concerned with what her child eats? What parent doesn't work hard to bring the bacon home, as they say, 
to work on sometimes menial jobs, sometimes important jobs, just to bring food home. Because the meal, eating together, symbolizes who we are for our family and I'm sure all of yours. And in our various ethnic traditions, we have various foods that mean so much more than an average meal. But the bread is there. The bread, every culture has a version of it. Whether it's flat, whether it's big and fluffy, whether it's babka, it doesn't matter. Every culture has bread as a source of their meals. And Jesus decides, that's how I'm going to stay with you. That's how I'm going to stay with you, by feeding you. And when I feed you myself, I'm challenging you to go out and preach the word to all people. As he says, you are all witnesses to these things. So the meal, the breaking of the bread here, means something beyond dough, flour, and water. It means we are living up to our mandate. And indeed it's a mandate. We don't know what part of the consecration makes the bread the body of Christ. Not really important because it's the whole sacrament, the whole sacrifice, our prayers coming forward, our intentions coming to God that consecrates with the priest's words the bread into the body of Christ. So that he can ask every one of us, did you eat yet? Did you eat yet? Did you eat the body of Christ? Did you, did you take it inside of you? Are you strong enough now to leave here and be a witness to your faith? My mother's concern was that, you know, it was like two o'clock in the afternoon that Michael ate. Very important for a mother to take care of her kids. Well, Let's blow that up a zillion times. And Jesus asking us, did you eat yet? Did you take the body of Christ that I give you on the night before I died, that I, I, I offered it on the cross the next day? So that whole process of, of the, the bread and me and eating and celebrating comes together. Did you eat yet? and take it seriously within yourselves to realize this, this energy is not just the energy so you can run around the block or, or be busy. This energy is so you can evangelize. This energy is so you can be witnesses. This energy is so you bring the word out there. And people know you are my followers. How we act, how we vote, how we regard one another. How we look at people who are, who are d discriminated against. Do we stand up for what is Jesus' own mission? To be witnesses to who he is and what he was when he taught us. When he fulfilled all of the prophecies of the scriptures of the prophets. We're witnesses to all that. And all I have to say is one question. Did you eat yet?
If you've got an insurance question, you could talk to a dentist. But instead of filling you in on ways to save on your policies, he'd probably be too busy filling in that loose crown. Or you could talk to your local GEICO agent, who will use their expertise to polish up your policies, from home and auto to renters, motorcycle, boat, and RV too. So while, yes, your dentist can save your smile, your GEICO agent could save you money, which will make you use that smile a whole lot more. To find a GEICO agent near you, visit geico.com local. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV.